I'm Simon King, and this is What's Wrong. I see it a lot. I see a lot of times uh, people make these weird false equivalencies between what people used to do and what they do now. I'll give you an example. Uh, When he was 18, my grandfather was storming Normandy. There were bullets everywhere, people dying in the mud, and now guys need a hug if they get their cappuccino order wrong, or something along those lines. I think we've all seen what I'm referring to, and I I really want to talk about that because I think that this is there's two things about this that are wrong. One, um, it's apples and oranges. They're very different lives, um, and I'm not talking about little stuff like getting your order wrong at a coffee shop or something. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the difficulty of living today as opposed to living in the old days. Uh, let's just take that generation, for instance. I can speak to that because my grandfather is from that generation. My grandfather was born in 1923, so I can kind of see... Um, I have a loose connection to that time. Obviously, I have not lived then. I don't know. Uh, I was born in 1977. So for me, you know, my... But even then, I can see the difference between growing up in the 80s and 90s and what kids, how kids grow up now. And I would say that although things were difficult, uh, there, it's a different kind of difficult is what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying, I'm not taking away from the, the, the hardships and the sacrifices that previous generations have made. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that in any way. What I'm trying to do is say that you cannot compare them because things have changed so very much in the last, say, 50 years. Um, The world is near unrecognizable in many ways compared to what it was when my grandfather was my age, which would be about 1970. Well, what was he? 77. He was born in, so I'm 43. So that'd be 1976. He was my age, I guess. No, 1966. So it was my age. So you kind of see that time period is a, you know, between 1966 and now, the difference in the world, what the world is. Um, And I want to talk about that because I think that there is a, like I said, this kind of weird kind of comparison that goes on between, well, I know a lot of it is done to shame and marginalize young people and to minimalize the problems that young people have. It's the same way that... um, the media and everyone uh, jokes about millennials as this catch-all thing. Millennials are around my age. Millennials are in their mid to late 30s at this point. They're adults. They're grown-ups. They have kids. They have houses. They Well, they don't have houses because the market's fucking bullshit, but they, they, they are adults. They're grown-ups. They're not, you know, 20 years old. Um, but the, the, the name millennial sticks because it's a way to sort of disenfranchise and minimalize uh, a group of people who uh, have it pretty rough and have had things, have had a lot taken away from them and have had hope drained out of them in a lot of ways. And I want to talk about that. I want to talk about, I'm not going to do side-by-side comparisons between what it was like and, you know, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not trying to downplay how hard it was to grow up in the depression or how hard it was to grow up working in a, in a mill, but that difference, the difference between my generation, even growing up my generation and my grandfather's generation is much, much more of a stark contrast than say his generation 
and a generation growing up 40 years before him. So if you look at life in the 1880s in the UK, which is where we're from, uh, you know, child labor was a real problem. There was a lot of, you know, there, was, there were definitely uh, difficulties. But if you look at the kind of world you're dealing with uh, compared to the 1920s, 1930s, it's very much the here and now world. And what we're dealing with now is a world where seemingly half of it doesn't exist, is not tangible, is imagined. And what we're dealing with is a collective dream that you cannot wake up from. The realities of things have become so warped and twisted. The Not to mention the existential threat. I mean, yes, there was World War II. The Germans, uh, the Nazis in particular, I mean, the Germans, Germans fought with them you know, not necessarily, not every, not every German who fought in World War II was a Nazi. I think we can all agree on that. Um, <clears throat> but that was a, a terrifying thing that cost a lot of lives, uh, you know, hundreds of millions by the time you're all done doing all the numbers and everything throughout the entire world of how many people were killed. But the, the, the reasoning was quite a lot more black and white than the existential threats we face now. The existential threats we face now, let's start with global climate change, which is a significant and terrifying threat. Uh, If left unchecked, and if, you know, measures aren't taken to minimize the damage, which I don't know if they even can be at this point, we're dealing with the possibility of, you know, ecosystem collapse, which is going to make a few hundred million people dying look like nothing. We could potentially be dealing with half of the human race starving to death or dying or maybe even more. Billions of people. And it's not something you can just pick up a rifle and fight against. You can't do anything to stop it once it's started in that way. Because we're not facing an enemy that is driven by an ideology that that they want to wipe out people on the planet or replace people. We're not driven by that. However insidious and terrifying that is, we're not driven, we're not fighting that. We're fighting human nature. We're fighting greed. We're fighting arrogance. We're fighting indifference, apathy. We're fighting uh, racism. We're fighting um, uh, hatred. Any one of those, and I'm not saying, obviously, that the Nazis were racist and hateful. I'm not saying they weren't. But what I'm saying is they weren't in they weren't representative of everyone's nature. They weren't, the whole world wasn't just being like that. Most people outside of Nazi Germany looked at it and were like, what the fuck? Except for perhaps Mussolini. But they looked at it and were like, no, this is, this is wrong. The way they're behaving is wrong. But the whole world is seemingly okay with us destroying ourselves uh, for money, for profit, because this is something we do. So, from that, just the basis of that existential threat right there, just the threat that starts out with the whole world, the whole human race is potentially at risk and all life on the planet will be affected because of the actions uh, of a lot of us, the majority of us, that will not or cannot or for some reason we refuse to change. Um, This is not... 
a, a group of people declare war. This is us killing ourselves. We are committing suicide as a species. And we're doing it for a completely imagined thing, which is money. Because money, you know, money, money is an integral to our, our being. Money is something as part of our society that we created. You could say the things we need, we get with money, are integral to or necessary. But the actual currency, the way we exchange, that's not... We, we invented it. We made money. We built this monster. And this monster has tapped into our... Uh, money is a tool, Right? It's like a hammer. A hammer is a tool. A hammer can build a house or it can kill a person. A hammer is a tool. That's all it is. It doesn't have anything to it. There's no malice. There's no uh, kindness. There's nothing to a hammer. It just is. And same with money. Money just is. Money is a tool. It's what it brings out in people. And that is a threat. And I'm not saying that threat didn't exist before in my grandfather's generation. Of course it did. Of course it did. It existed, it's existed as long as money's existed. As long as people have existed. Greed and selfishness has has been an issue, but the way it is affecting the entire world has now come to a boiling point. So just from existential threat alone, just from the idea that every day you have this sword of Damocles hanging over your head, you are not sure when it's going, when they are going to come on the news and be like, that's it. It's over. We can't fix this. I don't know anybody who isn't at least a little bothered by that. It left the people who completely deny it. And that's the other problem. Not only are you dealing with an incredible threat, an incredible anxiety that pulls on you every day, that drowns you every day, you're dealing with the fact that many people ignore it or choose to not believe it or are so confused by the deluge of information they get that, the, that, that our little brains, because that's what they are comparatively, our brains have not changed physiologically since, you know, for hundreds of thousands of years, really. And yet we are expected to cope with gross amounts of information on a daily basis. And many of us, I would say the majority of us cannot handle it. And that is a threat to us as well. That is a problem to us as well. And that is another threat that, that my grandfather's generation did not deal with. There is so much that you have to absorb now. Have you ever bitten off too much and realized as you're chewing it, your mouth is getting tired and you cannot swallow this and you don't know what to do. And you have to spit some of it out. Otherwise, you'll choke. Well, we can't spit it out. We're stuck. The best you can do is try and shut it off, but it will never, ever go away because by being in this world, you are a, you are a product of this world. You are now, with the exception of the people who are able to exist outside of the technological culture and the constant information barrage, the world now may as well be a different planet from what it was 50 years ago because I'm not saying that there weren't evil people 50 years ago. Of course there were. Of course there were. But there was this weird time when you didn't have to hear about it every day. You didn't have to be constantly have this, the worst of humanity paraded in front of you. When that did happen, there was an option. You could pick up and fight and believe that you were making some sort of tangible change. Yes, many people lost their lives. Yes, it is a huge 
sacrifice. And I am very, very grateful for the people that did it. And I am in no way downplaying what they did. I'm saying it's a completely different life than the life we have now. The life we have now is a a slow Chinese water torture type of life where there's this constant reminder that things are bad and getting worse and you don't have as much as you need and you don't have as much as you want and and you can't ever provide properly and all the things that are going on in your mind, no matter if you're affected by all of those things or a few of those things, there is this constant reminder, this white noise that things are bad and they are getting worse. 24-hour news, constant social media, there are ways that you can back away from it But by existing, you're not going to erase the reality that the climate is going to change drastically and ecosystems will collapse. You're not going to erase that from your brain if you just stop going on Facebook. You're not going to do that. That that exists. Pandemic. Okay, the pandemic is not worse than previous pandemics, particularly. But what makes this pandemic insidious is the constant uh, reminder of how separate and how broken people are because of the way social media has affected us. Because it used to be that the way you got information was you got information from sources. Even if those sources were corrupt or wrong, the sources were uniform. And the information we were given was given to us and we could process it. And most of us were happy living in a slightly gray world with a flash of color here and there and not really asking too many questions. That's not, that doesn't mean that's right, but that's how we existed. And it was comfortable because ignorance is bliss. Not knowing is better than knowing when you can't handle what you know. And that is where we were. It used to be, you have to do this because this will happen. And if you don't do this, this will happen. And this is bad. And you're all like, okay, I have a course of action. I can do the thing that I'm asked to do. That's it. I can do it. And you were given the problem to solve. Even if the way you solved the problem was not right. The German people were lied to, the majority of them, and told they were under attack. That was a lie. But the, the, the mathematics of it was very simple. If you are under attack, you defend your home. Now, that whole yours is not to question why, yours is but to do and die thing is wrong. We all know that's wrong. But what I'm saying is the majority of people cannot handle. We're, we're, we're incapable of stopping ourselves. It's like a dog with chocolate. It'll eat it until it dies. It, it can't stop itself. We cannot stop ourselves from perverting information and and finding confirmation bias and, and, and messing. Our very social fabric is stretched so tight. And I'm speaking about this from a Western world point of view because that's what I know. And if you're in a different part of the world and it's not like that, I would really appreciate, let me know, I'd like to hear about it. But But right now, what I can see is that, you know, the threat of nuclear war was better than this because the threat of nuclear war was it will be over tomorrow and that's it the war will happen because people are evil and or whatever blah, blah. here's an enemy to fight when you don't have a an, an enemy to fight when you have this weird nebulous threat 
it's a cocoon of uh, of of being unsure of being uncomfortable of being too aware for your own good i think human beings need the information need the access to the information we have but i also think that we're not developed enough to handle it most of us and so the information we have turns into this weird kind of perverted stream of conspiracy theories and you're seeing it now this pandemic is is a perfect trigger point for this um because it is a threat that is much less nebulous than you know oh the planet's not going to be habitable in 30 years or whatever it's not that this is a threat where it's like people are visibly dying um and with that information with that fear and fear uh, is great for provoking response with that fear as the fuel, then the engine of misinformation and the engine of misery and the engine of, of, uh, of, um, uh, I don't know how else to explain it has just become, it's in overdrive. I wondered why the pandemic of 2009 wasn't as bad as this. Now, obviously COVID is a different, disease than h1n1 of course it is it's it's much more uh, transmissible the most people that get it don't even show signs which makes it way worse because if you got the flu you would know you got the flu yes the flu h1n1 killed more uh people in the meat of society in the middle in the you know the younger people the people who are working the people the economic engine of society but it didn't kill as many people as um, this thing does and and i think one of the reasons covid uh is the way it is is because the people that it's killing society doesn't value very much and that's horrendous but it doesn't society sees old people we should see old people as a resource as 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 uh, knowledge as as experience as something we can learn from but we don't what we see old people as is a draw um they take uh, money and time they tax the medical system and so i think that you see particularly in the united states I just get a little off topic. I think you see that the the they're not really too interested in getting it all sorted out because although it has given their economy a hit, the people that are going to benefit from this um, are the health insurance companies because a lot of the people who are sick that they insure will be gone, and um, the social security. A lot of the people that draw social security will be gone, and so the the evil people, the the people that you know put money above people, uh, I I can't help think they probably see this as a relatively good turn of events for them, which is fucking horrendous part of human nature that I don't want to go into right now. We've already discussed greed on this podcast. Um, but what I'm saying is, is that uh, the psychological effect of this pandemic is so much more amplified because of social media, because of the the light it shines on the divisions we have. I've watched people I know, some I know well, some I don't know that well, go quite quite literally um insane like they cannot handle they they lose themselves in this and conspiracy theories they cannot comprehend or cope with what they are being given they cannot if you disagree with them even a little bit they lose their minds because they have convinced themselves that what they believe is so right because it's what they are clinging to and this is coming from someone with mental illness. So, like, I understand the need to find a life raft in a storm, but I have never quite seen anything like this before. It, like I said, it drove me off Facebook. I couldn't take it anymore. That that, and 
American political situation drove me off Facebook. I couldn't handle it. It was just so... There's just so much um, information floating around and we are not capable of handling it. And the internet, particularly this kind of internet, is a prime example of something I often say, which is the best of us make a thing and the rest of us use the thing. And unfortunately, the best of us make the thing usually with a total different vision of what it will be than what the rest of us use it for. Because the best of us are the best of us. They're enlightened more. They see things more clearly. They can see around the corners of life that we cannot see. And the rest of us use the things we are given to fulfill our needs and our instincts, our base, base drives. And that's what I think the internet particularly has become. You just look at what it is. So in that, life is harder now in many ways than it has ever been. There's another thing that makes life harder now than it has ever been, apart from all the constant, uh, because there's still poverty. Poverty is still horrendous now. Wage and wealth disparity is appalling now. There are people, I mean, yes, medical technology is a lot better. Yes, uh, lifespans are a little bit longer, although they're going short again. But there are so many more opportunities for people to steal and take and hurt now than there were before. And they take those opportunities and they do those things because that's what human beings do. And so, not all human beings, but most. And so, you know, as the world gets bigger in terms of, uh, you know, conveniences and technology and everything, so too does the world get bigger in terms of, you know, a bigger store means there's more to steal. And I think that you see it bringing out the worst of people. There is something terribly gross about a very small portion, even less than 1% of the population, having more wealth than half of the world. And somehow we just accept that there is no way that happens without people getting hurt. It just doesn't happen without people getting hurt. And yet we find that to be okay. There is something really wrong with knowing that a lot of the wealth that the richest people have comes from doing horrendous damage, permanent damage to our planet. And yet we accept that and we allow that to happen. And I think that, like I said, ignorance may have been bliss. It was, yes, it sucked to just, you know, work a shit job and make no money and live it. But, you know, it used to be you could get out of high school and get a job and have a family and have a house. There's no, that's not going to happen now. Because the people that take have taken so much that even though there's more of everything, there's less for everyone. You know what I mean? So the lack of hope that is happening now is why maybe people get a little upset over their cappuccino orders. It's not about the cappuccino. It's because every single day you are reminded of how hard it is. And it will get harder. It will only get harder because we are trying to take these little monkey brains and adapt to things that are about to change even more so. The world is so different now, from even from when I was 20 years old. When I was 20 years old, it was 1997. The world is so different now. We are essentially now a form of cyborg. Most people who carry a phone, the only difference is you can put it down, but think of how much of your life revolves around a piece of technology that you carry with you that didn't exist 15 years ago. It just didn't exist. And yet we have become attached. That black hole of... Filling our base instincts 
which is what it does because the social media fulfills the it, it feeds our vanity it feeds our ego it feeds our arrogance it feeds our greed it feeds our our need for competition it it, it feeds our regression we have been given we're like rats and we figured out that we can just get food if we step on the lever but the thing that shocked us it's not shocking us right now. It's slowly building up. And when it does shock us, it will fucking kill us. And that's what is happening. We are killing ourselves. Willfully. Joyfully. Daily. I don't think. And admittedly, I'm not a time traveler. I don't think that's what it was like 50 years ago. My grandfather served in World War II. I am eternally grateful for what he and everyone of his generation and everyone did. I will never, ever say that it wasn't a huge sacrifice. It was a massive, massive thing to ask people to give up their lives or risk their lives for the good of others in such a huge way. And the fact that so many people did that without a second thought, they just went, is phenomenal and speaks to the best of human nature. Not having the ability to even know what enemy we're fighting anymore, but just to be under attack, is also painful. And to not have hope is also painful. And to know that it's not going to end. The war was going to end for you in one way or another. You were either going to die, which is terrible, or the war was going to end, which it did. This war will not stop. It will never end. It will continue because we have crossed a line into a place where we are well out over our skis. And the other thing that happens on a daily basis now is you are compared to other people. You compare yourself to other people more than ever before. It used to be you would compare yourself to your boss or the person down the street with the new car or whatever. Now you compare yourself to everyone all the time. Men and women are putting themselves in positions where they look at their lives and are dis- they're just so disappointed with what they have because they believe other people's lives are better. And I say men and women for a reason because I know that we talk a lot about how women are represented in the media and it's horrendous how there's these false ideals of beauty and these unrealistic standards and and that's gone on for far too long and that has perverted generations of young women to to think the wrong things about themselves to have body dysmorphia and all the terrible stuff that's happening in these sorts and everything but i think we also have to remember that this is also happening to men it's happening to men in a slightly different way men um you know, it's kind of in us to provide. That's a thing. It's a drive. I am not what you would consider a manly man. I don't consider myself to be a a um, archetype of the male. I, I'm not aggressive. I'm I'm not. Um, I don't have it in me to have that competitive nature the way that that a lot of men, most men, have. But even I see things and I go, well, I am reminded constantly um, by what influences but what is what is presented to me that i am not enough as we all are reminded that we are not enough you are told 
Every day, you are not enough. What you have, what you do, what you make, who you are, how you feel, what you know is not enough. It's not enough. Because the standards are unrealistic. It, 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 it's so beyond impossible now. Every person believes the only way to be a person is to live beyond what they are. Not every person, but a lot of people. The general consensus to grow up now. I, I can't imagine. My son is four years old. And the one thing I want to do more than anything else is prepare him for this. And I don't know how because I don't know how to deal with it. All I can do is is try to remind myself that I am enough and I it's nothing wrong with wanting to be better, nothing wrong with wanting to have more, but to punish yourself for not achieving or producing or looking a certain way or having the things that other people have to punish yourself for not living up to the expectations you are given on a daily basis is wrong. So yet life is a little harder now than it ever was because it used to be, you know, that you could keep your secrets. It used to be that you could hold your head up high. It used to be that you could believe in something without having someone chip away at it every day. It used to believe that used to be that you could see you could at least convince yourself what was right and wrong and what was good and evil and you could at least cling to that and you can't do that anymore because that's gone and it will never come back because what we've done to ourselves and maybe it's part of our evolution and maybe we will catch up to what we're doing but we are in a runaway train situation and until we figure out not just individually, not just a few of us, not just, you know, the best of us, until we all figure out how to handle this, it will continue to destroy lives. It will continue to destroy people and it may indeed destroy the planet. That's where we're at. That's what we're dealing with. That's why when someone says our generation or the generations after mine or whatever are soft, I find that laughable. Because, yeah, we're not bleeding, but we're hurting. It, it's, it's so strange to me to think that you could very simply compare two completely different worlds. And they are different worlds. I think it's wrong. And I think we need to stop doing it. And I think we need to stop treating people who are dealing with this incredibly difficult world, this incredibly difficult terrain that we navigate every day, we need to start accepting the fact that that is hard and it is its own little war. It's not a big war. It's not happening uh, on a grand scale. It's happening every day in small ways for most people. And the carnage is just as real. It's just different. I uh, appreciate you listening to the podcast. I don't know uh, if you agree or not. I hope you do. I hope you don't. I hope you have your own point of view. I hope you uh, get in touch and let me know. www.skpodcast.gmail.com um, 
I, uh, I'd like to hear from you. Um, please, uh, like, and subscribe to the podcast and share it around if you want. I, uh, the, uh, episode I did on having a soul, uh, seems to have, uh, got a lot of, uh, a lot of interest and, um, and it's, it's been played a lot and it's by, by far my most, uh, my most listened to episode since I restarted the podcast. Um, if you, uh, have a topic you want me to cover, please feel free to tweet at me uh at wwwsk podcast on twitter or at unfamous which is my personal twitter or you can find the podcast on facebook i still have a a facebook podcast page which is being curated for me now i also have fan pages on facebook for my own stand-up comedy stuff if you'd like to connect there uh thank you so much for listening to the podcast and um you know keep your head up it'll get better i think maybe that didn't sound too optimistic, did it? Trust me. We're going to be all right. Just, you know, we just got to hang on until we figure this out. Right now, there's a big gust of wind and it's just taking us right off the ground. But hopefully, if we don't come crashing down, we'll land on our feet. And then uh, who knows what we're capable of? I mean, you know what? We've, we've managed to fuck ourselves up so badly that we can figure out to find. And, and this is also, you know, there's a lot of really good stuff that's happening in the world. I'm not saying there isn't. I'm just saying that, you know, let's accept the fact that, that, that things are not exactly easy and it's not just because someone got my order wrong. That's what's wrong this week. <laughs>